to Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm joined by Locked On NHL Sarah Avampado as we give our thoughts on the NHL returning on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day? Question mark. Is is it every day now, Sarah? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what team we're talking about because it's certainly not my team every day. It's not my team every day. <laughs> they're uh, they're still they're they're still golfing. <laughs> Both of our teams are not in it, so we can talk all we want about the playoffs <laughs> and not care because none of our teams are in it. And yet, somehow, three original six teams got in a playoff. Hmm. Welcome everyone to Lock- surprise. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and Sarah Avampado from Locked On NHL. Uh, Sarah, how are you doing today? I, I'm I'm adequate. Uh, I, I'm digesting the recently announced actual news from the NHL. Um, it, it seems like forever since we've heard anything real from them and not just wild speculation so it's it's one of those days yeah i'm i'm aqueduct as well and if you get that joke then you've seen one too many children's films rockadoo i don't think anyone got that joke unless they watched i I think i think it's i think it's too old for for many of them i'm i'm there with you so you've seen that film rockadoodle (laughs) yeah it's a classic Yeah. yeah most people don't get it anyway Uh, So before we get into the whole NHL news things, I'm going to peel back the curtain a lot here. I had recorded the first segment for today's show, and I didn't record on Monday because it was Memorial Day. And just on a slight personal note, I did have a couple cousins serve in the military that did pass away. So I don't celebrate. I mean, celebrate in the sense of like, happy Memorial Day. No, it's, it's a day of reflection and a day to look back. So I didn't record Memorial Day. So this week, it'll be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday format, and we've actually got some news to talk about, not just what if this happens, and I'm not going to piss off any Ducks fans this week saying, what if the Ducks weren't here? Yes, that happened, Sarah. Oh, no. (laughs) What did you do? There is a scenario (laughs) where the Mighty Ducks would not exist and be in Anaheim anymore. I went that far. Oh, man. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? It could have it could have happened. Very well could have happened. Would you have been like the like locked on Kansas City? Like... You know what? You, so you have been listening. Yeah, it would have been locked on Kansas City. No, I'm City. just really good at guessing. No, it would have been locked on Kansas City. Uh, so there was that news article from 14 years ago that Kansas City, a team from there, could have hosted the Mighty Ducks because back then there was a new arena. But that's old news. That's last week's podcast. Last week. But man, yeah. Sarah is so I... intuitive, so sneaky, <laughs> sneaky like I so that's am. That's because I grew up in Pitts. I like I grew up in Pittsburgh, and the constant rumor when the Penguins were like bankrupt was that the Penguins were going to go to Kansas City. So that is always my like <laughs> my first go to for. So you need to jettison a team, and it's not to Canada. <laughs> and decades later, Casey still does not have an NHL team, a brand spanking new arena, no basketball, no hockey. Wow, that's bad for them. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on if hockey should come back. I mean, I'm of the opinion that why even try this? Just scrap everything, come back next season, and let Gloria be played for a few more months. Yeah, like, that's 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 kind of where I'm at, too. Like, you know, on, on the one hand, like, 
yes, I miss live sports. I miss watching games. I miss the community of watching games collectively with other people, whether it's, you know, hanging out somewhere in real life or just all of us on Twitter shouting about the same stuff. Like I I miss that. But at the same time, like this just seems so like, I think overcomplicated isn't even like it is, but it isn't even the word. I like, think the word you're looking for just, is aside. Is it's unnecessary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like aside from the like, we've now invented a new playoff format and a new draft format. Ugh. Like aside from all that, which we'll get to later. Um, just the the public health concern of of the whole issue and you know, the, the joke has gone around on Twitter, but like, again, this is a league that could not successfully deal with mumps and that, you know, the iconic image of Sidney Crosby being like, no, I don't have mumps when he clearly had mumps. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, on a even more serious note, players playing through concussions, the like Patrice Bergeron playing through a punctured lung thing. Like guys play through the flu all the time. Like Dustin Brown tried to play through like pneumonia until he was hospitalized this season. Right. And we're really counting on these guys to self-report if they, you know, it's game seven of the Stanley cup final or not even the Stanley cup final game seven of your conference final. You win, you go to the Stanley cup final and like, I don't even know, like Connor McDavid suddenly has feels under the weather. Like, is he going to hold himself out? Like, well, I mean, Connor McDavid is, was part of that return to play committee that wants hockey to come back. And ironically, Ron Hainsey. It, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you see the irony in like that? The one adult in the room? The one adult in the room? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter for Ron Hainsey because he's on Ottawa's team and they have the best chance of getting the number one pick. Not Detroit. Oh. No, no, not Detroit. Ottawa, because uh, they have two don't picks. Don't remind me. Uh. Oh boy. Yeah, we are going to get into all that. I'm of the same mindset. It's not necessary to put these players in that kind of not so much danger, but we've seen this happen before. Back a hundred years ago, we had players die because of this. When you have a whole team that could get the coronavirus, they could be asymptomatic. What if one player gets it? What if multiple players get it? That was something that was not addressed today. And I was kind of disappointed in that fact that we didn't hear what could happen if player A gets it. Then how long is he quarantined? What about everyone that he was in contact with? What about this? There are so many different variables that could come into play that could topple the whole thing down. And while this is a step in the right direction, there are still hurdles to overcome. So I'm not 100% optimistic that we're going to have hockey again, but I'm cautiously optimistic because I'm in the same boat as you are. Do I want hockey to come back? I, I think everyone wants hockey to come back in the back of their mind. There's that 1% of your mind where you want hockey to come back, but then the 99% of your brain goes, no, th- we don't need this. We we don't need to do hockey this season. We still are not certain of what's happening with the pandemic itself. So I think that's going to be a big factor in it. Uh, Sarah, you can talk a little bit more about this, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mean, meanwhile, uh, let's talk about our newest sponsor, our latest and greatest sponsor, which is Built Bar. We love Built Bar, right, Sarah? We do. It's delicious. I had one today. Oh, which flavor did you have today? 
I had the mint, the mint thing, mint brownie, mint chocolate, something. It was minty. It was kind of like eating a Girl Scout cookie, only squishier. That sounds so delicious. That's a compliment. That's a huge compliment. In case anyone's curious, that's a huge compliment. (laughs) One of my favorite flavors that I tried was the double chocolate mousse. Oh, yes. That one was so delicious. Just super chocolatey. I think that might have been the first one I ate. Oh, that one was so good. As soon as I saw that flavor, I I like pod through the box. Yeah. (laughs) I want that. I want that. And you had a dog recently. You were fostering a dog. And, I did. And did having a built bar help your energy a little bit? It it did because I am not a morning person. I think that's probably even an understatement. Like <laughs> I, if I could start my day at noon, that would be ideal. But uh, the dog doesn't care. The dog has to go do their business. And so, you know, I, if I need to get up super early in the morning because someone is whining at my door, um, having something delicious that I could look forward to that also gave me like the energy to go roam for like 45 minutes out in my neighborhood in the cold in the rain in the whatever uh was actually like kind of a nice way to start my morning like dog and delicious snack yeah so that energy needs to be built up right ah oh And if you guys want to try Built Bar for yourself, there is a special deal going on this week. There are some flavors that came back. Uh, One of those flavors includes banana, which I'm excited about. And for this week only, you can get $5 off per box. And also, you can get 10% off your order with the promo code USA10. And you can also double coupon by using the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order. So you can use both codes. That's a double discount for you all. So once again, this week only, $5 off every box, 10% off with the USA10 code, and $10 off with the Locked On promo code. So check that out at BuiltBar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. And use the promo codes USA10 and Locked On to get a double discount on your orders of Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. I could go for one right now. And coming back. Do you need a built bar break? <laughs> I need a built bar break. So I'll take a built bar break. And coming up after the first intermission, we're going to talk about what Gary Bettman said today. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and presented by Built Bar. And I'm joined by Sarah Avampado from Locked On NHL. Howdy. And I got to say that I actually recently ordered some more Built Bar for this reason. So I have a dog that's staring at me right now, Zuri. (laughs) She's turning four. She's a terrier mix. This dog is very energetic. So I definitely need that energy boost uh, just the other day, we went hiking up uh, Mount Baldy. For those of you in SoCal, that's that big mountain you could see in the Inland Empire, 10,000 feet high. We didn't go all the way to Mount Baldy, but we hiked about four and a half miles the other day, and I finally tired her out. <laughs> so, we success. actually... Yeah, success. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, there's a lot of news we have to go over that happened today, um, just a couple hours ago. So, we're recording this very quickly uh nhl commissioner gary bettman formally announced the nhl's plans to resume play 
and the format of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs and how the NHL draft lottery will be conducted. And that last part is most important to both Sarah and myself because we cover teams that are not in this modified playoff. So our golf game, I guess, is going to get some extra time, right? Heck yes. Yeah. So I just want to go over this first bullet point that I think is the most important. And this was one of the latter bullet points in his conference today. The NHL regular season is officially over. As far as stats go, as far as records go, the season's over. So there are seven teams, seven teams that are not going to keep playing. And they are the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, hmm, the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, by the way, there's also three California teams that didn't make it. Hmm. Three teams wah, from wah, California. Wah. Neither the Sharks, nor the Kings, nor the Ducks are going to continue playing. WTF. So what? No more California, I guess? <sighs> you so. know, whatever. I feel like what what if you ask like if they I I want a thirty one team play in. <laughs> That's what I want. That would be awesome. If we're doing crazy stuff, like 31 team play, and I don't care how you get it done, like best of one, whatever. Let's get it done. But unfortunately, that's yeah. not going to happen. So Nope, no one listens to me. Yeah. No one listens to us. What are we talking about? So uh, this most important bullet point that I want to talk about for a few minutes. Um, so Gary Bettman said, quote, the health and safety of the players are paramount. And this is the biggest point that is at the forefront of planning out this modified postseason. And just a few minutes ago, Gary Bettman had this to say. He said that 25 to 30,000 tests could be needed at a cost that will be in the millions. Now, they will recoup all of that money because if there's 24 teams in it and you have three original six teams that are now in it, the TV revenues are going to skyrocket for this playoff. So as far as money goes for testing, that'll that'll be fine. They'll be good there. So it's twenty-five to thirty thousand tests. That seems like enough, right? Maybe. <laughs> and then I mean, I feel like this is going too far down the rabbit hole, but like obviously those tests are gonna be for, you know, players, team officials, people who are like there, but like are they also counting including like testing the people who are working at the hotels that are being the teams are being sequestered at testing the people who are providing them food testing the people who are driving their buses like you know i i feel like the nhl is so focused on the players and like we too are focusing on like like i said earlier like these guys can't even accurately let people know when they're head is injured how are we going to trust them to say yes there's something going on with me that could possibly be COVID-19 like they're so focused on that but like the possible vectors of like people who are going to come in contact like the room service like they're going to live in a bubble but that bubble still includes like civilians for a lack of better term like are they included in the testing or is it just and and you know many of the people who work in the hotels and the bus drivers and the caters and whatever are like people of color and immigrants and people who might not have access to testing or great health care the way that these guys do like is that being factored in i'm gonna guess no i'm gonna guess no myself and it's funny you mentioned you know having everything secure um This is another big point that we have to talk about. 
Each team is limited to only 50 personnel in their hub city. That's it. And not even those 50 could be allowed in the arena. So that includes a limited number of support staff permitted in event areas, which typically include the floor level in most arenas. So you and I have worked in multiple arenas. Uh, We know what this is about. Typically, they're going to close off that top level, the mid level, only that bottom level, which I guess is the quote arena access level. That's all that's going to be open to those 50 personnel per team. And that's it. So, I mean, what do you think of that, that it's going to be so little? Maybe that's a good thing that they're limiting it to that number. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, that's a plus that they at least have thought of, like, okay, do we, like, yes, you want these guys to have the optimal experience, but I think everyone realizes that things are going to have to be pared down, and maybe you don't get, like, 14 dudes to warm your gloves up or whatever. Um, So I, I do like that they appear to be cautious with, like limiting the number of people who are like essentially essential personnel uh, for this. So there won't be, you know, oh, the like intern to the assistant to the lead equipment guy's sister who happens to be working here this week. Like none of that kind of stuff will be happening. Um, So that's at least a plus that they're trying to keep it reasonable. (laughs) I'll give them that. There's something else that's kind of kind of insider information that, um, is not super insider because this is kind of out there. Um, so you take care of your 50 personnel. You take care of your officials. They will be tested. There will be a certain number of officials in each hub city. The announcers, they also count. Not many announcers on each side. In fact, it'll only be the home announcers and that's it. Something else that you have to consider. We've talked about the players, the coaches, the staff announcers on ice officials notice that i left something out what did i leave out sarah would it be the media sir <laughs> Ooh. speaking of media not what i was going for uh, <laughs> media is going oh, no. media is going to be super limited there if any media are allowed now there is something else that is essential for every hockey game to happen what do you think i'm talking about oh the ice crew the ice crew the off Ice officials and the ice crew. You've got to consider them. I like that I had two. I like that I had two chances, and I still like didn't exactly hit the nail on the head with what you were looking for. So, well, there's a reason for that. So, the off ice officials, they're they're kind of important for the game, right? You need someone to man the penalty boxes. You need someone to run the clock. You need someone to run the stats. You need a skeleton crew of off-ice officials, the minimum amount you would need per game, right? Yes. You got to, someone's got to push those buttons. Hey, oh, oh wow. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I mean that in all sincerity. Like, that's I, I'm jealous of people who get to push the buttons. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Like, Do you, if you want to switch... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just seems so cool. You you have all the power in your hands to like make noises and lights and things change on the scoreboard and like it's, it's very exciting. All I do during games is tweet. Come on. Entirely too much power. <laughs> Some of you that know me personally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> ah, too much power. So, yeah, those are important. They will be tested as well. 
but it's a skeleton crew of off-ice people. You would only need one set of off-ice officials because that's all they will allow per city. So that's not many more tests. Can you imagine those off-ice officials that have to work two or three games a day? I mean, look, I've... That's going to be exhausting. Okay. I've... I didn't even think about that. I've done it. The most games I've worked in a day has been four. And do you want to know why? Because they asked you very nicely. Well, I mean, they, they pay too, but <laughs> I hope no one heard that. So I don't, I don't, I don't care. It's summer. If they're listening, whatever. <laughs> no, but they do ask nicely if you can work multiple games. And that's fine because sometimes there will be a practice game. Sometimes there will be auxiliary games going on or charity games. So they will ask nicely if you can work multiple games. The most I've worked in a day is four games in one day. Yes, it's a long day, but, you know, I was fine. I was fine after working 10, 11, 12 hours. It's like another job. It's all it is. And I'm sure the NHL off-ice crew will get paid handsomely for that, for their services, for working that many games back to back to back. Although I don't see it being four games in one day. But that's a possibility. So I'm I'm just saying that could happen. And Gary Bettman did say that. There's he, just so many moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the rest of the moving parts. And this will probably be over two episodes because we've been talking for so long anyway. <laughs> so I just want to conclude on the part of player safety. They're trying to be as vigilant as they can as far as player safety and getting the amount of testing done. And twenty-five to 30,000 tests sounds like a good amount. And he realizes that it'll cost money. But he knows that player safety is of the utmost importance and the biggest point that he wanted to make, that that's the most important thing. There are still hurdles to be jumped. Having 50 personnel per side, that's a good amount. You don't need 100, 200. Like you said, you don't need 14 guys warming up a glove. You know, have the players do it themselves. Have one guy do it. You know, limiting the number is nothing but a good thing. And the big point to make is that there is going to be a comprehensive system of testing throughout the entirety of this playoff. So that's something that he wanted to talk about more and more, which I think isn't a bad idea. I mean, I I still don't agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from. And if they insist on awarding the Stanley Cup, this is a good step, I guess. Yeah, at least they're not just like, yeah, games are going to happen like normal. Like, you know, at, at least there there's some thought into it. Um, is it as fleshed out as I would want it to be? No, but um, for the NHL standards, which, you know, I think unfortunately many of us, you know, the, the, the standard is on the, the bars on the floor essentially for them. But, you know, they, they at least seem to be doing approaching this thoughtfully which is more than i think many of us expected from the league in their official announcement about this and the fact that they are being open-ended and i'm sure we'll talk about this too like open-ended on dates um they aren't saying we are starting july 1st like they're they're being very clear that they you know have a vague timetable that they want to work towards but they have to do it in concert with you know whatever hub city gets picked what are the laws and regulations there like how quickly can guys even get back to the united states like 
you know, there, there's so many variables. And I, I like that they're at least being upfront and saying, here's what we're trying to work towards, but it still isn't 100% sure that it's going to happen like this. Something else that Gary Bettman pointed out that is kind of weird to me. He said that, quote, fans and players want the NHL to resume. I'm going to speak for myself here. While there's a large group of fans that are vocal about simply not having the cup awarded this season and focus on the following season, there certainly are a massive number of fans that want to have some kind of normalcy of sports back and want sports to resume only if done the right way. Okay, I could see where they're coming from. Does the vocal minority speak loudly? Somewhat. I mean, I'm of the part that we don't need the NHL to resume, but I hear a lot of NHL fans saying, yay, hockey's back, woohoo, something's back, some kind of sports that's not NASCAR. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've heard that from friends that are not giving NASCAR a chance. First off, give NASCAR a chance. It's pretty cool. Uh, what do you think about Gary Bettman saying that fans and players want the NHL to resume? I mean, I, I think that, I mean, he, he is speaking the truth. You know, I think that the players, I mean, what it was like 29 to 2 was the Players Association vote on this format and returning to play. And the two no votes were basically because they just didn't think the format was great. Like not about, you know, returning to play like the the concerns about it. It was just we don't like this 24 team thing. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I do think that players want to come back. I think, I mean, I got it as soon as the, you know, I, I think that we as like hockey media, super, not like inside, but like, you know, we, we know what's going on. Like we kind of knew this was coming, but to like the layperson fan who just watches the sport and doesn't, you know, cover a team or anything. Um, they didn't really know that this was coming. And so like, I got a text from one of my friends who's just a regular hockey fan. And she's like, I'm so glad hockey's back. Like, you know, like I, I've really missed sports and having like live things and blah, blah, blah. So like, I, I think that kind of the, and you know, with, of course with the understanding of like, you know, yes, public health is important, et cetera, but I really miss sports. And, you know, I, I think that there are, I, I always have to remind myself that like hockey Twitter and like, especially the Twitter spheres of people that uh, speaking just for myself, that I kind of tend to surround myself with, we're all kind of of the same mind of like, Hey, let's pump the brakes and think about more than just the millionaire dudes playing the, the, the knifey ball sport. Um, you know, I, I think that we kind of have a bubble, but then when you go out into like the broader world of hockey fans, like go look, pull up any team's tweet about this. And I guarantee you, if you look in the, the replies, it's going to be a bajillion people who you've, you know, you've never seen before on Twitter being like, yeah, hockey's back. Like, so I, I think there's also a difference between kind of the casual fan and those of us who are really kind of embedded in this and see a little broader of a picture than just oh sweet hockey's going to be on my tv in a couple weeks or months or whatever i've had mixed messages myself i did have one friend saying oh thank god hockey is back they're completely blown away that this is happening and then another saying do we need this should this really be happening but i understand the needs of fans that want some kind of normalcy back so i understand where they're coming from Oh, man, we haven't even talked about the play itself, and we've been talking for a while, so we have to end today's show. But, Sarah, can you come back for tomorrow's Locked on Ducks and resume this? 
absolutely. I will pen it in my schedule right now. I'm going to pen it in right now. So, folks, you can hear any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you may find your podcasting needs. That sounded weird. And if you want to talk hockey, you can email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. You can tweet me at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And Sarah, where can they find you on the Twitter sphere? I am on Twitter as right said Sarah. That's W R I T E said Sarah with an H. Uh, Locked on Kings is available at Locked on LA Kings and then Locked on NHL, which I do the Monday and guess what? We're getting the Wednesday show back on track. Uh, Monday and Wednesday editions of the national show. Uh, you can find that at Locked on NHL on Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Sarah. And we're going to talk more about this on tomorrow's podcast. On behalf of Locked on Kings and Locked on NHL. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez from Locked on Anaheim Ducks saying have a great rest of the day. Be kind to everyone. Keep practicing social distancing and stay safe, Anaheim. Quack, quack, quack. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.